get ready for some great, great inspirational conversation to get you moving and grooving throughout your day. Off the Wall with Tracy Ricks Foster is coming right up. Hi, everybody. Welcome to this week's episode of Off the Wall. Thank you so much for tuning in. This is a special episode of Off the Wall because I am really excited. Today is January the 20th, and I have just witnessed, along with the world, the inauguration of Joseph Biden and the wonderful, wonderful uh, inauguration of... um, Kamala Harris. It is just a wonderful day and a new dawn for America at this time, January 20th, 2021. By the the time this episode airs, which will probably be in two weeks, um, we will have had a, a taste of the Biden administration. But at this time, I am just so excited. I woke up this morning feeling good. The sun was shining. There wasn't a cloud in the sky. And that's a good sign to me. Um, The fact that you and I survived Trump, we survived four years of the Trump administration. Uh, Amazing. What an exhilarating feeling because when Trump was elected to office in 2016, I was very, very um, depressed and I was hurt about it. And I just felt that this guy would be the death of us. I really did. And believe it or not, that's exactly what came to fruition because on his watch, 400 thousand Americans perished from COVID-19, a disease that he wanted to keep under wraps, that a disease that he, he gave no leadership to the country and how to handle a disease where he just flaunted or just you know, downplayed the seriousness of it and then fed the American public lies. You know, and it's because of the proliferation of lies, period, that the Trump administration spewed onto the American people. That's the reason why 400,000 Americans did not make it to see uh, Joseph R. Biden take the oath of office today and as much as I am excited about inauguration day 2021 I'm also a little saddened very saddened in fact because Donald Trump took something away from America through his administration. He took away the essence of what we stand for as Americans. He took our sense of 
democracy and our sense of freedom. And he took the Constitution and he tried to bend it to his will. And we had never seen the levels of corruption that this president had. I don't think we've ever seen that type of criminality, debaseness from a president publicly ever. And I want to drag maybe um, President Nixon into this, but I really can't because Trump was a different type of character. And he was just morally bankrupt from the start. And so he came into a position that was supposed to be a position of leadership and service. He came to it bankrupt morally. And so these last four years, we have been led. We have had a leader that wanted to tell us that what was right was really wrong and what was good was really bad. And that played into the psyche of so many people who were also morally corrupt, morally debased, morally just bankrupt, psychologically deficient or mentally ill. And his rhetoric played into and fed into the narratives of so many people here in America that are on the fringes of society. And he gave them a voice. I do not understand how 74 million Americans came out and voted for this man again. And, you know, I, I hear a lot of people, Trump supporters who say, well, we voted for him because he said what he meant and he he did a lot for the economy. And I have to say this, there were some things that Trump done that was positive. There are some things that he accomplished that were, that you could say received a positive check mark on the list. But the thing is, is that his disposition his character, the way that he carried himself, the lies that he just constantly, just constantly, just he was just an adroit liar. And the fact of the matter is, all of the bad things about Trump were magnified and eventually overshadowed any good that he could have done or that he may have done. I mean, you know, Operation Warp Speed with the um, COVID-19 vaccine, that is a check, a positive check 
for um, for Donald Trump. That was wonderful because we had been told it could take two years for there to be a vaccine for this deadly disease. So that is in the column of 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 uh, good for Donald Trump. That goes in that that column. There's a check mark for him. But on the other side of that, when it comes to the disease itself and the lack of leadership coming from his administration, coming from him, it overshadows the vaccine. At one point, I remember his um, press secretary, I think her name was Kaylee McElhaney, or I can't think of her last name right now offhand, but her first name was Kaylee. And she said in a press conference after um, uh, Moderna and Pfizer had received their uh, FDA approvals, she said that the, the vaccine should be called the Trump vaccine. And guess what? Nobody was going for that. No one was going for this vaccine to be named the Trump vaccine. No, because Trump unleashed this virus, this illness, this disease upon Americans. So you can't unleash you can't unleash a deadly disease upon Americans and then say, I got the cure. Here's the cure. Credit me with this. No. We thank you for putting U.S. dollars behind it to speed up the process and the creation of, but no, you don't get credit for the vaccine. And this is just more of what I say is the reason why, even though there has, has been accomplishments to the credit of Donald J. Trump and his administration, it is what overshadows that that becomes his legacy. I mean, the, the support that he has for extremist groups is just, I mean, publicly. Now, I'm not trying to say that there were not American presidents who were racist or who supported, you know, the Ku Klux Klan and things of that nature because there most definitely were. But what I'm saying is, is that Donald Trump was a different type of person, whereas he publicly... He publicly supported these people, these groups of racists and extremists and just his, his rhetoric. You know, he would say one minute he would say, you know, that's not right. I don't support white supremacy or I don't. Well, actually, he would say I don't support um, hate groups. But then on the other side of it. He will say there's good and bad people in, in, in both the Black Lives Matter and the and, and, and these racist groups. How can there be? How can you say that? What makes you qualified to say that? That shows me that you're straddling the fence. Because you don't want to offend 
these groups over here because you want their vote. That's what it came down to. And so his presidency, Trump's presidency, was one where he fed into the extremist groups. He fed into the radical uh, right wing groups. He fed into um, radical uh, right, right wing media. He fed into that whole that whole uh, um, entity of people of extremism and it's almost as if they were created for him to feed into because it seemed to me as if they worked in concert with each other. You had the extreme white meat, um, right wing media who perpetuated um, just the ridiculousness, the ridiculousness of um, extremism, and then you had conspiracy. You had your, and that was another thing about the Trump administration that was a little dumbfounding was that you had a lot of conspiracy theorists who found a home with conservatives and Republicans or the Republican Party as presided over by Donald Trump. And you never saw that before. I had never witnessed that before. I had never seen that in politics. Conspiracy theorists having an active share and voice in government. And, you know, I, I do want to say that when... Um, um, Barack Obama was, was running for president and um, his his um, um, his running well his opponent was John McCain and Sarah Palin and um, Sarah Palin she her rhetoric in my opinion bordered on conspiracy theories conspiracy, you know, propaganda. And so because of her, you have the the offshoot political party called the Tea Party, which they were filled. They were just, you know, a group of people. And that's where Ted Cruz came from. You know, just a group of people who believed in, you know, extremism, extremism, uh, when it comes to extreme conservative conservatism, extreme republicanism, just extreme right right wing propaganda or rhetoric, and eventually the Tea Party fizzled. But some of its tenants survived through Donald Trump.
because out of the tea party, you had that birtherism ridiculousness regarding whether or not um, Barack Obama was born a U.S. citizen. And it was the start of this, the birtherism and Donald J. Trump that led us down this ridiculous path that we have endured, that we endured collectively through these four years of um, Donald J. Trump. And I am sure, make no doubts about it, that there are going to be tons and tons and tons of books about the Trump presidency, the Trump administration, because it makes a fascinating, it makes for a fascinating study in American politics and in democracy itself, because these last couple of weeks, I should say, you know, from the election day, November 3rd, up until Um, maybe two and a half weeks ago to January the 6th. It's just that democracy itself was teetering. And the lies and the, the rhetoric and the the you know, the advancing of conspiracy theories and the um, extreme right wing media and the way they work together with Donald Trump, it almost appeared to be a potentially a potential situation where democracy was on the verge of being toppled into and making way for authoritarianism or fascism. A dictatorship of one man. And can you imagine having another four years of Donald Trump? Which is what makes America a great country is that Americans can come together and say, you know what? You, sir, have done a shitty job and it's time for us to get someone else. We bid you a fond adieu. (laughs) That's what makes America great. And regardless of how we may feel or some of us may feel or and you know it's it's what James Baldwin said years ago I am American and I have the right to be critical of her to criticize her in perpetuity and I feel that all of us have that right to be critical of America. But the great thing about American democracy is the fact that we do have the ability to 
hand someone the job of leadership and to support them and hope that they will work for a better good. And if they do the job, we can vote to allow them to continue on in that position for an, an additional four years. And if we find out at the at or if there's a situation where they did not do the job, well, we have the ability to replace them. We have a voice. And that's what makes that's what makes America great. That's what makes America work. Is what we call democracy. And we as a people, we have to preserve that democracy. We as a people, we have to work towards making it stronger. There are over 74 million Americans who believe the lies about the election being stolen from Donald Trump. But they have forgotten that this was a seed that was planted by Donald Trump himself before campaigning even began here in America. He put that seed of doubt there. He planted it. And then he watered it, continuously watered that seed. Because he knew that Joe Biden was a formidable opponent. He knew that there was a great possibility that he could lose re-election. So he dropped that seed into the American people, into the American people's consciousness, the seed that there uh, could be a steal. And four years prior when he was first elected, when the conversation was had that there was Russian interference in our election, he didn't want to acknowledge that. Yet and still, here we are, and there's been so-called interference in the 2020 election. When his own, when the people within his administration have noted that there was no interference, that there was no tampering of uh, voting machine equipment, that everything was done above board, that this was the most um, safe 
election process that we've ever had. More Americans voted in 2020 than in any other election. Which is wonderful. But because of his, in my opinion, his moral bankruptness and his deficiency of character, he was unable to take defeat. He is unable to understand a loss and so he had to turn that loss into a steal to make his ego feel good and that is the representation of the man that Americans elected to the White House in 2016 So I am looking forward to four years of, I'm looking forward to four years of a different type of presidency. I know with Obama, the Obama years, you know, there was a lot of talk of transparency and Things that I, as a reporter, covered the Obama years, I have to say that transparency, on you know, that's questionable. <laughs> you know, the, the Obama the Obama administration administration was not that transparent, or not as transparent as they could have been. However, I'm hoping that with the the Biden administration that I see something different and it, it's not just transparency how about I think what Americans are excited about and what we want is we want truth we want facts we want to see leadership we want to feel that our government is a reflection of the people that represent it, that it represents. We want our government to hear us. And upon being heard, we want our government to respond to us. And I am expecting to be heard I am expecting a response and I am expecting responsible leadership and I think that we all are because I think that we all are sighing in relief to this dawning of a new presidency We're all excited 
We're all excited and anxious. We're all excited to see how Kamala does as vice president. Blackness on display. We're excited and hopeful. I know Obama said that change had come to Washington when he was uh, elected and when he um, took the oath of office in 2008. I feel the same way today. I feel that change has come to Washington. I feel that accountability is coming to Washington. And we should begin to see that unfold as the new Senate begins to prepare for an impeachment trial, the impeachment trial, the second impeachment trial of Donald J. Trump. Because we cannot forget the insurrection that happened on January the 6th, 2021. We can never forget that. We can never forget Donald Trump's role in this. We cannot forget the role that 126 senators or congressmen that we cannot forget the role that they played in the insurrection on Capitol Hill. We cannot forget the role that Trump's children, Eric, Ivanka and Donald Jr. We cannot forget the roles that they played in the insurrection on Capitol Hill on January 6, 2021. We cannot forget the role that right-wing extremist media played in the insurrection on Capitol Hill on January the 6th, 2021. We can't forget any of that. And in order for this country to heal, we have to begin to take accountability for what happened on January the 6th, what led up to what happened on January the 6th. We have to become accountable for it. Begin to make amends or some take some steps to make amends. And then we begin to heal. Because we cannot heal or become united as a country until we take these steps first. So that is my my little political commentary for the <laughs> for uh, for today. And um, by the time this episode airs, I'm thinking that two weeks will have passed since um, inauguration day. But in this moment, I want to I want to chronicle my feelings. And more than likely, the feelings of many Americans on this day of uh, January 20th, 2021. 
because we have survived something catastrophic. We have survived the attack on our democracy. And that attack came from within. This attack didn't happen from outsiders. It wasn't put together by outsiders. Domestic terrorism, that's, that is, that comes from us. And the fact that it happened and that we survived it, is truly a testament and a nod towards the founding fathers, the founding fathers of these United States of America and the Constitution. Because we stand on those principles, whether we are white, black, Asian, Latino, we stand on those principles, all of us. And in this 21st century, we have learned That together we have the ability to keep the dream of our founding fathers alive, and that we have the power to fight for that dream. But while we are fighting for that dream, and we know that we have the power to keep their dreams alive through the Constitution. What we also have to remember is that it is the responsibility of each of us it's the responsibility of all Americans to work to maintain democracy. So, happy inauguration day 2021. Historic in many proportions, great and small. I look forward to watching the Biden administration unfold. Excited about the future. I know that you are too. Thank you for listening to this week's special episode of Off the Wall with Tracy Ricks Foster. Have a wonderful day.